This is the Ezra podcast. And Bellator is the biggest fight this weekend. And that's huge for Bellator. Especially the UFC, especially with boxing. Bellator holds the mantle this weekend of having the biggest fight. Most interesting fight. And I'm talking about like the most competitive. Because that is what it is too. But it's the most interesting. And I think people... I think people, you know, mistake what that means, right? They mistake what interesting means. Like, interesting doesn't mean, interesting is the one that's going to sell the most. Interesting is the one that's going to garner the most attention from uh, the general audience. That's what I mean by interesting. That's why when Jake Paul fights, it gets attention because it's an interesting fight. And Bellator has the most interesting fight. I think they have the most talent in the, the cage together or in the ring together of all the sports. It has it this weekend. Patricio Fierre, Pitbull versus AJ McKee. Uh, this was a tournament finals for the bantamweight title. Um, and Pitbull, who I think has a claim of pound for pound, whether you're going Bellator or UFC, he's in there. If you mix their, their rosters together or whatever, Pitbull is in the top 10 pound for pound. I think he has a claim to being the best lightweight in the world. I think he has a claim to being the best 145 in the world. And Bellator hasn't had that a lot. It hasn't had that, you know, that um, hasn't been able to make that claim with a fighter really probably ever where it's honestly probably uh, open a debate with most MMA media. Now, AJ McKee is a top flight prospect looking to become the step to, you know, claiming that he's one of the best fighters in the world. And him and Pitbull just makes the most sense. Um, it seems like the kind of matchup that maybe can turn into multiple matchups going forward, especially if AJ you know wants to go after the lightweight title, which uh, Patricio has a lightweight and one forty five belt, and it just worked out perfect. And in the tournament format, you know there was no, you know something could happen where this didn't wasn't gonna you know these two weren't gonna match up, but it did work out that way, and they were clearly the best in the tournament, and. Uh, Pitbull's clearly at his best right now, and AJ McKee seems at his best right now, and it's a perfect time for them to meet. I looked at Pitbull's style. You know, he he is confident, more confident than ever. His timing is better than ever. He is truly one hundred percent knows what he's doing when he's in the cage. There's no second hand, second guessing. There's no wondering, you know, what he's gonna feel like or look like when he gets in there. He knows what he's gonna look like when he gets in there, and the timing right now of his right hand is. It's you know it's it's amazing the timing of his right hand right now it's it's what's ending fights it's what I think brings uh, is surprising uh, all his opponents to get in there just like how fast and how clean he's able to put that out there everything he does is so quick there's no he doesn't need a lot of thought process in everything he does he flows very well like his transitions from offense to defense to grappling from striking to grappling it's all very quick there's not no really hesitation to him. And, you know, with his age, you know, in MMA, you get this, I think, believe in more in boxing. I don't know why. I think maybe in boxing, if you struggle, that's why you, maybe you take in more damage than you do in MMA. I don't know what it is. I haven't really, you know, bro- looked to break that down yet, but it does. It happens. We have it in UFC with Charles Oliveira. It's a guy that, you know, he's he's a very talented fighter, but he hasn't figured it all out. And he's losing some, and then he's <clears throat> and he's winning some. But usually, like in boxing, that guy doesn't go on to win a title. And... 
Pitbull goes on to win 145 and 155. He ends up being a champ champ. And like, it's similar to Charles Oliveira, who goes on to win 155, which is a really competitive weight. It's not like, and he didn't do it like when the weight division was down, like when the talent was down. No, the talent was there at 155 when Charles Oliveira did it. And the interesting part is that Pitbull did this with the same guy that Charles Oliveira did it against Michael Chandler. And he wins the 145 and 155 belt in Bellator. With this stance, he has like a, a karate stance. I would say like a like a um like sport karate stance. But the one thing he does that's different than most people, because when I see the style, like the flaw that I see in it, is that when you push them back, they fall apart, or they usually come back in a straight line. He doesn't. He will actually switch stance when he gets pushed back, not only to create uh, an opening to maybe get a faster uh, a faster counter off, but it also switches the direction that he's coming out. And this allows him to get out of the way of danger if someone's trying to bum rush him forward. That's one of the biggest flaws in that stance. And this guy seems to figure out a different way to handle that. And he gets out in angles. He's got great timing. He's got great pop. His his grappling is very good. Very quick transitions. And because of his height, he's so short, right? And you would see, like I said, that's a disadvantage, right? No, he it's an advantage for him because of the way he stops, the way he fights. He he's very um He's very good with the space. Like if you get into his range, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get an attack from him. But also, if you get too close to him, right, or you get uh, at a bad level with him, he'll pull a guillotine. And because he's so short, he's able to get leverage on it very quick. It transitions very quick into a dangerous position for you. And because he's so small and compact in the grappling, he's able to go from on his knees, you know, from the ground to his knees to standing right away. Before and before you know it, he has all the leverage. All the, he knows how to use his body to create all the leverage advantages he needs. When you're facing him, you're facing a guy that can do it all in that cage. There's not a point where you're going to be like, oh, he's going to be uncomfortable here. I don't believe there's a point for him that could be uncomfortable here. I, I really can't stop raving about Pitbull enough. Like, he's just such a good, talented, exciting fighter to watch. And the skills he has and the skills that he can show on wherever he's at in the cage, it's amazing. Now, he does, uh, one thing I do want to watch out for is I, I do see that he's open, like, to, uh, to getting low blows because of his stance and because of the way he moves, like, in and out. And he's also short. So, if a guy's going to leg kick, you know what I mean? He's shorter than the other guy. Maybe where that leg kick would land right in a thigh, it's a little higher for him. Right. So I do want to watch that. You know, low blows might be a problem, especially because AJ McKee, and let's get to him now, likes to kick. He's going to come out kicking. He kicks. He takes a lot of chances with his kicks. He takes a lot of chances with all his strikes. He's really a gambler in there. I think because he doesn't, he's not afraid to go to the ground and he's not afraid. Uh, he's not afraid to get in any vulnerable situation because he feels like if as long as he get on the ground, he's comfortable. Right. And with the stand up, so that allows him what because he's lacking really in skill or, you know, the being that technical in the stand up. But because he's so good on the ground, it allows him to take a lot of chances to stand up. And he's very athletic and he's he's got some good power. He's got some good pop to him. So he he's all right. Taking some chances because no one's really made him pay standing up yet. So he's so confident taking chances because he says that worst what I over lunge myself. And someone takes me down, okay, I want to be there. So it, it kind of like it's a little bit of training wheels with the stand-up. Because he has something to fall back on where this fight could be taken to the ground. He can over-lunge. He, that's why he does a lot of crazy kicks because he feels like he can't hit me when I'm doing these crazy kicks. What are you going to do, grab my leg and take me down? I want to be there. 
Now, he, like his ground game, is it's excellent. He's got very long limbs. He's the opposite of what Pitbull is. Pitbull is short, compact. He's not. He's very long, and he knows how to get very long and thin, so he knows how to sneak his uh, arms in there, and he he is like a, a bow constrictor, like a snake. He's When he slithers around you, right, and he's very tight on you. He's so long, but, oh, he's very tight on you. His legs, his arms, he suddenly you're in a choke with his arms that, you, you know, you didn't see, and it's able to slide in because he has thin arms and long limbs. He's very active on the grappling. And if he gets on top, he's not going to settle on guard. He's going to look to put, punish you. He's going to look to get past your guard. Um, The part that I see maybe him having trouble in this fight, right, is I know the, you know, he takes a lot of chances to stand up. But Patricio's not the kind of guy to panic or he's not the kind of guy to, you know, get uncomfortable or make a stupid move. And I think that because of Patricio's movement, it might look a situation a lot similar to what Aljamain Sterling fought Peter Yan. And Aljamain was, you know, being able to be effective with the, you know, his wild risk-taking stand-up style that technically isn't great, not really being set up by anything, kind of just like, I'm going to throw this kick here, I'm going to rush you here, all those things. It was exposed by Peter Yan, you know what I mean? Until Peter Yan landed the illegal knee, but it was it wasn't effective. And I think that AJ McKee's stand-up is not going to be effective in this fight. I think he's going to have a hard time really doing anything. Uh, and I think when he comes in with those flying knees and kicks, I don't think Pibble's going to be there to be kicked by them or to even really be touched by them. And I think if they get into like a more of a basic kickboxing boxing fight, well, Pibble's going to uh, pick him apart in that kind of fight. So I think that... I know that we're saying it's you know it's the best fight most interesting fight and it still is because of the talent level, but I just think that that one aspect missing in AJ McKee's game right that he hasn't really solidified and it's gotten better but just not gotten to the point to where it's at a championship level in my opinion is a stand up and setting up these things and not just looking for a flying knee or you know. Uh, a kick, which sometimes a lot of it, some of his kicks, and that's Atticus, and you know Atticus. Atticus is the guest host on this. He just comes in and barks whatever the hell he wants. But because a lot of some of his kicks, you know, bad technique to them. It's just all chances because he's not afraid to go to the ground. But at the level of Pitbull, I just can't imagine that lacking in this one spot and not being able to, you know, set it up and having a game plan on the stand-up, I just can't see that beating Pitbull. I can't see that working against him, especially with the positioning and how good he is with it. Now, will we... Now, we're... If he were to somehow draw Pitbull into looking for a guillotine, right, like Pitbull is known to do, or somehow draw Pitbull into taking the takedown when he does one of those wild kicks, I think that would benefit AJ McKee. That's, there's going to have to be a position to where he gets to the, 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 to the ground. Now, AJ McKee's takedowns, which are very, you know, they take a lot of your energy, right? Like, if you look at wrestlers, they're not as effective as they are in the beginning. as They're not as effective at the end as they are in the beginning. But AJ McKee's actually very good uh, cardio, especially when it comes to takedowns. His takedowns are very consistent throughout the fight. So I don't expect him to stop, even if it gets later in the fight. I think he'll still go. I'm just curious how he sets up that takedown. How does he get to that position where he would be most effective in this fight? How I see it playing out is kind of, you could tell by the way I broke it down. I think it's a stand-up fight, 
And I don't think AJ McKee has finds a way to get in. I really don't. I think he's going to have a really hard time getting in. I think he's early. He's going to take a lot of chances and come out flying knees, spinning kicks, all these things. And it's going to be exciting, but I just don't think Pitbull's really ever there. And I think Pitbull's all, Pitbull wants to see all that play out. Let it all get all that out in the first round, second round. And then you'll start seeing, okay, now we're in a fight where he can do all that. That's done. So we're just going to kickbox. We're just going to box. We're just going to get down to the basics. And I think that Pitbull feels very confident in that posi- in that point. Of the fight. I'm going to take Pitbull in this fight. I'm going to take him by a, a fourth round stoppage. And I I just believe that Pitbull is really coming to his own. And I think that maybe this is just a big learning curve for AJ McKee, which is, would make a lot of sense for it to be, right? Just a big learning curve. And later on down the road, we see him fight again for the title because he's that talented. But I just think that sometimes these guys need to see that level. They need to get a taste of it, right? They need to get that rub. For him to learn that situation, for him to learn what it takes to be at that level. Now, my counter, like I said, is he somehow makes a Pitbull take the fight to the ground. He, he Pitbull buys in the bait. Pitbull gets into like a grappling match with him. And AJ McKee, you know, they battle for the top position. AJ McKee gets it. That would be his best chance. But like I said, Pitbull's not even on the ground. Isn't like he's helpless. He's very good on the ground. He's And he's very compact with his body. So I think that's the most interesting part. Like this fight gets on the ground. It's going to be a very interesting ground fight. That's where AJ McKee needs to get it. I just think the stand-up is too. I just can't see how he gets in on him. We go to the UFC card this weekend. And the UFC card, this fight's kind of going under the radar a little bit. Um... I wasn't 100%. I've heard of Sean, Sean Strickland. I wasn't 100% familiar with his game. I know Uriah Hall. I've watched him since Ultimate Fighter. And Uriah Hall is the kind of guy that just stood, you know, never truly went on the run to get to the title shot. But he's close now, right? He's kind of close just by elimination of what Izzy's doing to the middleweight division. He There's, you know, when a guy like Izzy comes and he starts just eliminating guys and he's just so good and he's going on a streak... He takes guys out, right? And then suddenly it's just kind of like, who's left? And Uriah Hall is one of the guys who's just kind of left. And Sean Strickland, who's just outside the top 10, but to me, and what I predicted on my uh, Instagram account, um, Straight to Video Podcast, that's the Instagram name, um, Sean Strickland, if he wins this fight, will fight Darren Till, if Darren Till wins his next fight, and they will be the number one contender for the title. That's all close. So that's what I'm saying. Izzy is dominating this weight class so much that even if you're just outside the top 10, you could be up next. Now, Uriah Hall looked the part, right? Especially the ultimate fighter, right? He looked the part. But then when he got to a, the you know the next level, he started falling apart a little bit. I don't know whether it was uh, mentally. I don't know whether it's, uh, you know, he's not the most. He does things that are like highlight reel, but he's not the most dynamic striker. And he's a little bit stiff. And his defense is very flawed. And going backwards is a struggle for him. He has all these things. Like the, the same things that you've known about Uriah Hall. There's that, they're all there. Now, when he's able to set his feet and he's he's able to um, pick his shots, he gets a lot more effective. And he's could knock you out cold with his kicks. He's very strong kicks. Very uh, decent jab when he gets it going. He's got a, a strong right hand. Like he has offense that makes him dangerous. The thing that I believe is his biggest flaw is he can't go backwards. 
And he looks like he got a, uh, the kind of fighting style that should be able to go backwards, but he's not. He needs to be set in position. Now we go to Sean Strickland. And Sean Strickland, to me, in my opinion, right, reminds me more of like Keith Jardine. He's, you get these guys in a UFC once in a while, right? And he's tough. He's durable. But there's nothing about him that really is like, oh, wow, like look what he's doing, right? There, there isn't. And I think that maybe middleweight's a little bit thin. And just like Uriah Hall's, it's, he's on a questionable run, right? There's no really killers, uh, to me, in the resume of who he's beat and on the current run he's in. His best part of his game is going to be pushing you back and how active he is when he's pushing you back because he lets his punches flow. Now, he's not a dynamic puncher. He doesn't have a, di- a dynamic repertoire of punches. He does it. And even the strikes that he throws are not with the best technique. His guard is uh, it's not, it's not really even there. It, his guard is, he just keeps his hands right under his chin. Both hands aligned right under his chin. Like, he, if you're going to strike with him, you'll be able to hit him. But because of his durability, because of his calmness, because of his confidence, because of his you know, flowing style of punches because he does. He just lets his punches flow. He doesn't really put excessive shots in. He doesn't overload on shots. He could start breaking you. Now, I think of the best of the, you know, when you start getting the top 10 and the guys that can actually pick their shots and are a little more experienced, I don't think any of that will work. I think I have my doubts that it works in this fight, especially if Uriah Hall starts jabbing. If Uriah Hall gets his jab going and doesn't allow Strickland to set the pace and really interrupts it with his jab, I think he could, Tear apart his face. I think his face his face will fall apart due to that jab. But Uriah Hall falls apart mentally himself. Like I told you, he really struggles going backwards. And Sean Strickland's going to take you, look to take you go backwards. Strickland's uh, all right on the top, too. If he goes to the ground, he he's very he's comfortable there. He's aggressive. He's, um, you know, he's. He, I think that he would be much more comfortable on the ground in this fight than Uriah Hall would be. Like I said, they're both in unquestionable uh, streaks right now. They're both defensively flawed. The whole point of this fight is going to be, you know, who can claim the middle of the cage, right? Who can get the momentum coming forward? I believe the Uriah Hall is going to win this fight. I think Uriah Hall's jab is going to be really effective. I think his leg kicks are going to be really effective late in this fight. And I just think that Sean Strickland staying in front of you you know, throwing punches and everything, I just think Uriah Hall's going to eventually land a big shot and end this fight. And the jab is going to be able to stop at least when uh, Sean Strickland gets going. At least when Sean Strickland uh, gets going, he's going to be able to stop the momentum of it. Now, the counter is the Strickland just starts working, gets in a rhythm, and Uriah Hall starts falling apart. And when he starts going backwards, his defense is really horrible. His legs are really horrible. He doesn't really have a strike going strikes going backwards. I could, and I could see that happening. Like this is a fight that really I I see you're gonna know by who's going backwards in this fight. That's really where it is. Who's going backwards in this fight? I'm gonna take your air hall fourth round TKO. But if like I say he starts going backwards early, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna get pretty for him. Now, the next fight I was going to do is Conor Ben. 
versus Adrian Granados. And I was really looking forward to this fight, especially because how the improvements that Conor Ben has been making. Conor Ben actually came down with COVID, and everybody's coming down with COVID. So that's unfortunate. Uh, fight scrapped. It should be happening, you know, in the near future. But the fight that I did want to break down that wasn't originally going to break down. If I can get this damn thing to slide over. Okay. Zucan versus Laywood. And Ken is is a fighter that um his offense is his defense. His offense is his everything. He's just gonna put on the peekaboo guard. He's not gonna move his head. He's gonna let you work on his guard. And when you stop working, he's gonna get to work. And then he's gonna work a little bit more. And he's gonna work a little more. And he's got very skilled offense. Like his offense is skilled. His punches are skilled. He has dynamic punching. He has left hook. His left hand is tactical. You know what I mean? It's a tactical left hand. He could do a lot with it. He could hit you to the body. He could go to the uppercut. He could jab. He's active, active. Now he's not much of a counter. He does not he's not gonna look in a counter in there. He's looking to work. And then when you want to work, he's going to block. And then when you stop working, he's going to start working again. And he's going to keep that up for the whole fight. And he's not much of power. But, you know, just because you don't have power doesn't mean that someone could just take punches from you all day and not, you know, and walk through them. No, people don't want to get punched. Now, the power is sometimes, you know, where are you pinpointing your shot? Um, you know, how heavy they are. But the shots still hurt. The shots are still affecting people. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, I'm going to walk through his shots. It's like, okay, he's not going to put me to sleep, but he's still going to be hitting me. And when it comes to late wood, he's not really dynamic anything. And yes, he's going to look to move, but he's not really a great counterpuncher. So he's kind of going to be waiting for Zukan to stop punching so where he can get going. And Zukan doesn't really stop punching. So I really feel like this is a match, you know, a perfect matchup for Zukan to look impressive in this fight. And I really feel like Laywood's going to get in his back foot. He's going to move. And he's going to have a hard time getting places to open up. He's going to have a hard time finding the right opportunities. Especially if he's not counterpunching. Then Zucan's just going to stay on him. And I'm really actually interested to see how good Zucan looks in this fight. Because if he dominates this fight, you know what I mean? Then he's going to have some interesting matchups. And if they could do, you know, I don't know what their deal is with Mauricio Laura, right? Or the winner of Marisa Lawrence versus Warrington, but Zukan, you know, was in talks to fight Warrington before. I think it's a damn good fight with him or Laura. That's a hell of a fight. Interesting fight. Fight I want to see. It's all going to be if Laywood can bring something with his offense. Can he get a counter going? Can he get something going when Zukan stops? Because if he's just trying to pick the spots when Zukan stops, he doesn't stop often. It's going to be a lot of green lights for him. I think this is... Zucan's moment to be the main event and to really steal the show. Then we go to the PBC card, which was also affected by COVID. And a lot of things were affected by COVID this week. Um, but we're back to, you know, four fight cards. We took a little break from that, got a little away from that. But now it's good. you better have multiple TVs on. And you got Michael Coffey, right? Older heavyweight um, prospect, but he's damn good. And he, he, we're curious to see how good he really is. You know what I mean? And he's fighting Jonathan Rice, who Jonathan Rice, big man, doesn't fight the way you would think. He, he moves around the ring. Uh, he's a lot more movement than I, you know, if I saw like the, just the teletape him weighing in, I would not think he had so much movement and he's not clumsy movement. He, he can move. Now, he doesn't have a lot of offense. He kind of just looks to measure. He just looks to jab, measure you with his left hand, throw a right hand down. But he's big. 
And if he lands that right hand, you're probably in trouble, especially because how big he is. But Michael Coffey could do a lot of things in the ring. The one thing he has, though, is his slow legs. His legs are kind of stuck to the ground. But he's, he stays that Philly Shell style. He's smart. He's, you know, tearing you, tearing you apart with his brain. He's picking his shots. Figuring out your style. Doesn't get hit a lot. Defensively aware. He he does have some athleticism to him. Whether even though he has slow legs. Even though he doesn't have the most, you know. Uh, he doesn't have the most explosive movement. I think Coffee should win this fight. I think Coffee should be the one that create the, the dynamic offense in this fight. And I think that Jonathan Rice is kind of used to losing. And he's kind of used to surviving. I am a little worried about Jonathan Rice setting up that right hand just because Coffee stays in range. But I think Coffee's going to look good in this fight. I think it's going to be a... Uh, I think it'll look good, but I think it's going to be a boring fight because Jonathan Rice is not the most exciting fighter and he's used to surviving to decisions. If Coffee can get him out of there and look impressive... That's going to be a big feather in his cap because F.A. Jogabe couldn't do that. F.A. Jogabe had a boring fight with Jonathan Rice. So if Coffee gets him out of there, then you're like, okay, let's get him going. Let's get him in the right direction. Let's start getting him with some legit opponents. And the PBC has the heavyweights for him to do it. They have the right guys. He's in the right spot. This is the right opportunity, a main event on Fox to look impressive. And the PBC knows that. And that's what they're trying to do for him. I've got Coffee winning a decision. Like I said, boring fight. My counter is Rice sets up that right hand. That's the only thing I'm worried about is the coffee stays in the range. He's not looking to move back. He's not, you know, really a, a guy that's explosive getting in, explosive getting out. He kind of stays in range. And he looks to respond to what you're doing and work off your offense. So we'll see if uh, Jonathan Rice can land that big right hand. Now, we got uh, Vito Malecki. And I think this is probably, of the boxing fights, this is probably, like, to me, the probably the best fight. And it's actually interesting because Vito Malecki only has around eight fights. James Barton only has around ten. They fought, and James Barton upset him. It was a pretty big upset. And Vito Malecki is, you know, a guy that PBC is putting a lot of resources in. And the, the, he's a prospect that everybody's kind of watching. And I didn't really break down this fight how I break down other fights. I kind of just broke down the rematch. And I just want, you know, pointed out some things that I think that they could both improve on, right? And Vito, he's got to stop waiting. He's got to set a pace. He's got to set a tone. When you're fighting lesser guys, right, you could make you could make all your offense off of their mistakes. And they make a lot of mistakes. But as the, the levels get higher, you got to start implementing, you know, your game plan on people. Um, he needs more jams. Uh he oh sometimes okay so when you're fighting and this happens in the amateur fights a lot is they're reacting off of each other one guy flurries so the other guy flurries uh you know one guy rushes in so the other guy rushes in and, and you're constantly reacting sometimes and I think the guys learn this as they get you know uh, more experience is you don't react sometimes you don't have to react every time not every action causes you to react okay it doesn't need to be like that and I think that sometimes he was reacting to everything that Martin did in the first fight he needs to work the body more too those shots were there for him uh, Martin. It's kind of a, you know, uh, it's kind of it's like a straight up style to me. Like he, he has his, he has kind of like his guard. It's kind of just like tight guard. And I just think the body's there to be worked. I think there's an opening there. I think the mistake that Vito was just head hunting, and you get like that when you're fighting. Like I said, lesser than guys, guys that aren't that skilled, you could do that. But with a guy like Martin, you're gonna have to bring something different. You're gonna have to change up the speed, the tempo. Um, 
And the, his timing was off, I would say. Now, was his timing off because Martin was doing that? Or was his timing off because, you know, I don't know. The training camp wasn't great. doesn't matter. No excuses. He lost the fight. But let's see if his timing gets better this fight. Now, for Martin, I think uh, force the issue. Once again, get him in Malecki's face. Make it your fight. Uh, jab again. Jab, jab, jab. Just like he did the first fight. Just keep jabbing him. Really get him off guard. Make a, if Vidal don't want to move his head or doesn't have those uh, defense, you know, missing some defensive, key defensive moves, right? Or learning how to stop the jab or, you know, head movement, really. Then jab him. Keep jabbing him. His face fell apart last time. Work first on the inside. That was a, This is a really important part that Vidal really allowed. And when he worked first on the inside last time, Vidal was reacting, like I said. So you want to make sure that you don't want to overthink it. You want to get back to what you did the first fight. And then if it doesn't work and something's going different, then you change it then. But don't overthink it now. You know what worked. Get back to it. Uh, look to trade left hooks because Vito throws his a little more undisciplined than uh, James Martin does. Because James Martin is so disciplined with the left hook, he can trade left hooks. It's fine. He's, he has a guard up on the side. He's a little better covered. Um, I, would look, I would look to do that. I would look, gladly look to trade left hooks with Vito. And... Um, Make him feel your strength. Martin's, you know, I think has more of a man body than Vito does. Vito's young fighter. I think he's, I'm actually surprised that they're doing this rematch. Um, I'm guessing Vito really asked for it. Because Vito's young and maybe it's just like a bad matchup for him. And this something like this, two losses like this could be really be a factor to his career and his confidence. So I'm, if I'm Martin, I'm making him feel my strength. Making him feel that I'm the older fighter. I'm the stronger fighter. I think this is a really good matchup. I think it's a really interesting choice that they rematched it. And I want to see how it's going to play out. And if Vito, you know, responds well to it, I'm very curious. All right, let's get to my fake money real bets. And I had Connor Ben was going to be one of my big bets. Um, but you know what? I mean, it came into something a little even better. So I'm going to go to Zucan over Laywood. 500k minus 350 to win 143k i can't see the way lee wood wins this fight i really can't he doesn't have that much pop he does not gonna outwork zucan and i question whether he has a better defense than him i think he moves around but zucan when he puts his guard up he lets you hit him but you're hitting also his guard like that's why he trusts that system i think zucan has multiple ways of winning this fight. I think Laywood Le- really would have to do something that I haven't seen him do to win this fight. 500K to win 143K at minus 350. I'm going to take coffee over rice. That's a minus uh, 1,800. Terrible odds, right? Not, not uh, really no benefit to uh, the guy betting coffee, but I'm going to put 500K to win 200, 200, I'm sorry, 28K. And that, like I said, people don't want to risk that and say, why? I think it's free money, honestly. I don't think Rice has much of a chance. I think Rice is going to look to survive on late notice. I just I just think that's in Rice's MO. Now, Patricio Pitbull over McKee, I told you, I, I really think there's a skill level there in the stand-up. And I don't think there's that much of a skill level difference on the ground, enough to say that, like, McKee... You know, the, the, if it gets to the ground, it's over. No, I can't say that. And I think that if it stays standing, Patricio is going to be the better man of it. I'm going to bet 50K at minus 110 odds. So that's even money to win 45K. I'm going to take that. That's not that bad of a gamble. 50K, I'm over here risking 500K in leather fights. I'll take 50K chance. 
they wins that he uh, wins that fight. That's I like that. I like those odds. I feel good about my bets. I feel good about this podcast. I feel good about my breakdowns. Thank you for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast.